five, four, three, two, fun. Welcome to another episode of the Ready, Set, Pwn podcast, your premium podcast for everything to do with the Vancouver Titans and the Toronto Defiant. This is Alex at Omnistripe, and joining me virtually today and filling in for Chris at Lightforce, who went away to the Internet HQ to fix our website, apparently, is the one-man watchpoint himself, Jordan at Sir Dr. GM. Welcome, Jordan. How are you doing today? Thank you very much for the warm welcome. I am doing well. I'm looking forward to uh, getting back to some Overwatch this weekend. Yeah, you're you're in for uh, a treat here. Got to fill in uh, some big shoes today. But like you know, Light Force apparently is moving. He has all these you know things that get in in the way of of doing the podcast. But I believe you also are kind of moving, right? And you're here, so That's... I can see. That's that's, right. oh, that's an excuse. I I had you know very similar story. I uh, we were moving and then we went on vacation as well. But I got the call and I was like, I got to rise to the challenge. You know, not yeah. everyone what? can carry the weight like you and I. That's but, true. Uh, that's true. What's what gives, Chris? That's well, right. We'll, we'll we'll see if he has anything like to you know, yeah, to say for himself later. So uh, why don't you tell us some of our listeners who you are and what have you done wrong in life to find yourself stuck here with me uh, oh, no. on this episode? <laughs> well, um, as you mentioned there, uh, my name's Jordan. Uh, online in Overwatch and on all platforms, I go by Sir Doctor JM. Uh, you can find me on Twitter. You can find me on Instagram over at Sir DRJM, and I am the host of a little Overwatch show called One Man Watchpoint. Uh, it's a Overwatch podcast where we talk about everything going on in the wonderful world of Overwatch. So a little a little less focused than uh, Ready, Set, Pwn. I do cover pretty much the whole league, but I also like to do stories about the game as a whole. When I uh, first kind of started the podcast, I really actually wanted it to be more on that than the Overwatch League. But unfortunately, as we all know, there hasn't really been a ton of <laughs> Overwatch content. So, you know, what's the most interesting thing going on in Overwatch for the most part? It's the Overwatch League. So I kind of uh, shifted gears and I do still cover both. Um, and hopefully one day we'll be covering a little bit more Overwatch 2 news. But uh, for now, it's mostly Overwatch League. Yeah, we have a little bit more on that. But, yeah. you know, it's awesome. You sound qualified enough for me. <laughs> but what do I know, really? Uh, what I do know is that we have some things to talk about. Some of the things are related to what you said here. Maybe some Overwatch 2 rumblings, some news, sure. some updates to the game, something that is a rare occasion. So Absolutely. there's already ample reason for us to talk about uh, uh, the game right now and some games to preview coming this weekend. So let's just get to the payload and push it. Sounds good. Moving the payload. Join me. All right, before we go into the big play-in tournament, and uh, one of the teams we covered does participate in that one, there are some new rumblings in the Titan Sphere, which is also a rare uh, occasion that we need to celebrate. A couple of vids are out. I, I watched a little bit of the Discord Cup. Um, I remember us participating in some of these events. It didn't go uh, well. Uh, yeah, Team Alpha Flight kind of killed our uh, <laughs> aspirations I, to ever get to a, a proper level. I recall watching that as well. And oh, uh, I wish you hadn't. I, I definitely did not take part. Um, I've you know on my podcast, I, I often talk about that. Uh, I actually am probably one of the more rare players who plays primarily on console. So now oh, that we okay. have crossplay, you know. It's an option, but uh, I, I've never dared to uh, set foot in, in any of these fan tournaments or anything. But I did did watch a little bit of this one. so Yeah, it's all in good fun. We can uh, definitely set something up. And maybe with crossplay, there's like, you know, more opportunity for uh, console folk to, you know, get for in sure. on the fun. For sure. Um, other than that, I think there was also a video about um, coaching sessions that some of the community members were able to participate in uh, are you titan enough vid it was called uh it was pretty interesting I, I liked watching you know some of the comments and then the coaching uh uh <laughs> tips that were given by some of the players yeah i really like the difference in style you, you see fred wiener basically sitting the way he sat was like 
literally under the desk. It's it's not good for your posture. But he was like trying to give solid advice there for the Ana player. And and, and uh, yeah, go I ahead. Was, I was gonna say yeah, I um I I watched it as well, and I definitely find that's that's always one of the most interesting things about these these kind of you know coaching sessions is just hearing the way their their minds work and the game sense they have right. and everything is just incredible. Yeah, I know. Like as a struggling like golden plat player, I'm always like <laughs> everybody in low elo is concerned with mechanics. Well, if I yeah. could like aim better or like position myself but and then they come to like uh these sessions and you see the pros say, Oh well, your aim is pretty good. It's just mm-hmm. like your understanding that's lacking and you're like mm-hmm. Huh, maybe maybe that's the issue, but yeah, it's been yeah. it's been pretty fun. Yeah. On yeah. the other on the other hand, you saw just fired nanoing the brick player who was mm-hmm. participating, so it, it was kind of fun. Like I, I like seeing content coming from the teams, especially now. Maybe it's a matter of them, you know, yeah, not having to scream that hard, like a curse and a blessing in a way. Yeah. Yeah. But I wish they came up with a little bit more maybe during the season, but I understand the, you know. Scheduling. Yeah, it's it's been an interesting season, that's for sure. I definitely think the uh, it, it feels a little bit like towards the end of the season, the content team got a little bit more, I don't know, a little bit more length on their leash, and, and they were able to uh, to put out some more interesting stuff, um, which is a little bit surprising. You know, you would you'd almost think they really want to drum up support and things like that towards the beginning of the season. Um, but certainly this this second half i feel like they've they've really kind of been putting out more um and it's good to see obviously that's that's one of the big things we we've always talked about um when it comes to the titans is you know we want content we want engagement we want right. to rally around the community um you know the flip side of that being the toronto defiant who seems to have no no shortage of that oh place. yeah they're like pushing content all the time and exactly. last thing about the titans yeah it's just a missed opportunity especially when you do see some content coming out mm-hmm. like the players themselves the characters that they have in fire and in in links are obviously mm-hmm. they're such likable guys and they seem totally. to be very you know willing to participate at least when we got to see them but yeah, yeah onto the defiant that's a perfect segue <laughs> they are constantly you know with the content with with the engagement of the community the yeah. contests that they're doing um, retweeting whatever is going on in the league. Um, one thing that was quite interesting to me that Overwatch League actually came up with wallpapers, icon packages like for the playoffs. I was surprised to see that all the teams were included, including the teams that were not really making the playoffs. I, I know. You, you almost wonder if... Uh, I, I mean, you know, who knows what the content pipeline for the league itself is. That's but you, you have to assume they made these, you know, somewhere farther out and... Uh, some intern was sitting there thinking, do I really need to make make this package for every team? But, uh, <laughs> you know, regardless, uh, if you take a look at them, they, they're really awesome. I, I love the style that the league yeah. has, um, you know, with, with all the animations and things they do. Um, I think, uh, you know, the graphic work and everything is just incredible. And I, I'm looking at the, uh, the wallpaper packages right now and everything, and some of them are just absolutely standout, mm-hmm. you know. I also liked how thorough they were, like, giving you the PSD files totally whatnot so you you just knock yourself out if you want to put them on your website on your twitter social templates are all out very good uh stuff coming out you know from the overwatch league as well but back to the defiant um they also had something kind of similar to coaching sessions now they're also pushing uh an opportunity to get some private coaching from agilities um was also eating mukbangs with Karku, so that's kind of cool as well. What do you think on that? <laughs> uh, yep, that was that was an interesting one. Um, I can't say I knew what mukbangs were until watching that video. Uh, you know, call me uncultured, but uh, hadn't hadn't heard that before. So that was an interesting one. Um, I'm a big fan of uh, honestly what they've what they've kind of done with agilities and everything. I know he right. uh, he was kind of a a fan favorite and in a little in a, in some ways a bit of a tragic story with you know him not mm-hmm. getting signed and or was he on the valiant and then the whole valiant thing happened and that's where uh yeah he there were the rumblings you know before that he might yeah. be heading to the titans and then uh he that's was right. going to the valiant and then you yeah. know what happened uh, exactly so you know really good to see that he uh you know found a home and uh right and by all means i mean like you say with uh, the Titans and and how the guys seem like they're 
they've got some good personalities and, you know, they kind of like being on camera and stuff like that. I mean, Agilities and CarQ together are, are just awesome. Um, and I, I love seeing them making content and everything too. Yeah, yeah, I, I totally agree on that. We had an opportunity to also uh, have CarQ on the show. Mm. This was uh, quite, quite an experience to talk to him <laughs> and how he approaches, you know, content creation in the game. Yep. Um, I'm glad to see them pumping out content. I'm Absolutely. I'm hopeful to see agility still in more of a competitive, um, yeah. you know, role because I feel like even in this season with his extensive uh, array of, of of heroes he could play, mm-hmm. he might have been able to contribute on maybe a team like Titans or someone else that sure. uh, could use some of that flexibility. Something that we really discussed to exhaustion with like like how the hero pools affected this uh, season. Yeah. Yeah, I, c- I could definitely see that. Um, it's, I, I really liked what they did with this season. Uh, you know, not not to do a full season retrospective or anything like that, but with the way they limited the hero pools to, uh, you know, two out of four of the tournaments and everything like that. Right. I feel like, you know, once you introduce the hero pools like they did, it's kind of a hard thing to walk back from. Um, you know, with with the ultimate purpose of it being adding more variety for the viewers but then obviously there was a pretty significant backlash in in the community uh you know amongst the actual players and organizations and things like that Mm -hmm. so i kind of like what they did this season limiting it a little bit obviously it's still being present um but you're totally right you know the way things swing and everything like that there's there's more flexibility required than ever i think in the organizations I completely agree. Me, honestly, like I was always in the minority that liked the hero pools, and I liked oh. uh, when when the league kind of enforced flexibility on the players because mm-hmm. I was all, always in the opinion that teams, coaching staff, they were very risk averse with trying out what right. was considered to be a little bit off meta. Like for a mm-hmm. while, we didn't see any Ash play, and then when suddenly people tried her out, hey, yeah. What do you know? Divas actually don't eat every dynamite that she throws uh, in in high elo, and and yeah, mm-hmm. and you you saw much more uh, diverse play. And to be frank, I'm I'm kind of going off on a tangent here, but you know the league so far, despite all the problems that surround it, in terms of the game itself, it's very entertaining, very competitive, very flexible. So yeah, I loved what I saw so far. But back to the Defiant, mm-hmm. um, despite pushing out all this content as they normally do, um, they still have a game coming up, and and it's 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 an interesting one against uh, the Boston Uprising. So uh, they got a ticket to play in tournaments. What do you think about this matchup? Uh, it's it's going to be an interesting one. Um, you know, it's the overall placement of Toronto and Boston is only separated by Paris who ends the season with eight wins, eight losses. Mm -hmm. Toronto is, you know, one place higher with nine and seven and Boston is one place lower with seven and nine. So it is a really interesting matchup in that if, if you came in and you didn't know anything about the league and you looked at these two Mm -hmm. uh, placements, you would probably assume things are very close. Now I'm probably going to upset a lot of uh, Boston fans here. I don't think things are as close as uh, that positioning in the standings seems i think toronto is going to wipe the floor with boston okay so what do you say it's going to be like a 3-0 3-1 affair or? i i always get bullish as soon as i say things like this but i'm i'm gonna <laughs> i'm gonna put my money on 3-0 i i'm always like as soon as i say that i'm like oh i'll give boston one i'll, I'll give them a you know a pity point but no i'm gonna i'm gonna stick to my guns i'm gonna say toronto takes it uh 3-0 I think it's a quick match. Um, sure. I, you know, Boston, I previously, obviously everyone knows uh, how they had some struggles in past seasons for sure. And this season was very refreshing to see them, uh, you know, put their boots on, really hit the grindstone and, uh, and, and come out swinging and, and obviously get some wins, you know, compared to their, their season last year, this season is leagues better. Um, yeah. But at the same time, I think, they very similar to Paris, honestly, they kind of peaked um, in the last tournament cycle. I think right. this most recent one uh, with the countdown cup um, was probably disappointing for a lot of Boston fans. I know they had, you know, if, if I recall correctly, Paris beat Dallas 
and then Boston beat Paris. And then there was the question of, does that make Boston the best team in the right. league? <laughs> and then shortly after that, Vancouver beat Boston. And it was just, everyone was topsy-turvy and nobody knew which way was up. But although they had a really good season, I think they kind of peaked, um, not in the most recent tournament cycle, but in the one before it. So I'm sure they'll come out swinging and come out with something something strong. But ultimately, and especially if, you know, people like Hisu, if uh, if he comes out like he ended the uh, the previous cycle, then I think Boston is in for a world of hurt. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, yeah, on paper, it looks like both teams are not that far off, but especially with how uh, the last games went for both yeah. teams, you basically nailed it for me. Uh, outside of Myungmong, who I think... Toronto can really lock on and focus fire a bit. I don't think there's much of a threat mm-hmm. uh, on, on the Boston team. Obviously, they've, they've had uh, a good start to the season, and and they had uh, stretches there where where they were able to beat like better teams. Mm-hmm. And and I, I agree with you. I'll I, I will give Boston one map here. I think it's okay. going to be a three one just because of playoff and you know how sure. people yeah. kind of step up, but. Yeah, there's something about Toronto, man. I, mm-hmm. I I don't know. Like they always give me the wheelies. I'm like, uh, <laughs> I'm I'm behind them. Yeah, I do think they're gonna take it, but it's never like you know, Convincing. going in it blind. It's never like uh, there. There's something about them that mm-hmm. hopefully they'll prove me wrong, mm-hmm. and and they do deliver like a. De- determined blow and, and and do peak at the right time like now is the time for for uh, you know players like sato who had up and down performances or or, mm-hmm. or you know their support line that was kind of shaky at some points now is the time to really pop off and and to yeah. be that team that they always wanted to do and i feel like toronto never never really peaked to its true potential hence why they they are now in this you know, playing tournament, but mm-hmm. uh, I I agree. Like they have to uh, get some confidence. If if they go for like a five maps affair, oh, I don't think it bodes well. Even if they do no uh, beat out Boston, it's it's kind of like a a team that might feel a bit shaky if if things don't go their way. Yeah, I I could definitely see that. Um, like you said, you know, I I don't think we've. I feel like they came in with a lot of a very high ceiling um you know given a few of the players that came over with uh with kdg um from philly i believe it was yeah i think there were a lot of expectations there um which is funny because i mean you know previous seasons there's been a lot of expectations as well um you know the the roster with uh sure for um i was a big fan of that um and mm-hmm. and like you you mentioned the ash play and everything like that and I remember Surefour, maybe I'm remembering incorrectly, but I remember Surefour being one of the people that kind of pioneered the Ash play. And right. he was one of the first players you saw making that a valid pick. Um, and and so, you know, talking expectations, I think they have probably underperformed what it may have seemed like they would uh, at the start of the season. Um, but again, their most recent play that we saw seemed really impressive and really promising mm. um so hopefully they can keep that up hopefully that was just the start of more to come yeah so uh just before we head on discussing what happens in case they win mm-hmm. i'll just like to mention that this game stake are even higher than usual when i mean if if boston loses they'll rock our podcast logos i mean the the, <laughs> the up uh, the <laughs> weekly uprising podcast our good friends uh, in this sphere, we, we constantly have good banter with them, but uh, mm-hmm. Lightforce uh, went on and discussed some wager with them. So if Toronto wins, mm-hmm. they will rock our uh, logo and branding. And then if it goes <laughs> the other way, I hope that doesn't happen. <laughs> We're going to be uh, you know hoisting the, the blue and yellows of, of uh, Boston here. <laughs> but um, if... Since since both of us kind of like thinking that Toronto wins and mm-hmm. and if that happens, it's still happening this weekend on the day after that on on September fifth. Mm-hmm. The team that the winner of this match will be facing the fifth seed uh, in the Outlaws. What do you think on that matchup if that comes to fruition? That's where things get in my mind significantly tougher. Um, 
of the two opponents that they could have faced with the San Francisco Shock or the Houston Outlaws, I would say the Outlaws are preferred. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, again, looking at the standings, San Francisco's in fourth and Houston is in fifth. They're only separated by one win, one loss. But I think what we saw this season, um, although, you know, it's no secret San Francisco wasn't the dominant force they have been in the past. Right. Um, but I think Houston seemed to really struggle against those higher up teams um and they didn't really seem to have a problem with most of the middle to bottom tier teams and i would put toronto in in that kind of upper middle of the the league so houston can be scary especially with no um hero pools we're mm-hmm. gonna see potentially you know piggy and jangu coming out with uh sigma again we're gonna see happy probably popping off on the dps again um and then, you know, that goes both ways. We'll probably see Echo coming back a lot um, for yeah. both teams. My hope is that we continue with Toronto to lean into Aspire because I think he's really proven himself on the DPS side. Um, but ultimately, I don't know if Toronto can beat Houston, I guess is is what I'm saying. Yeah, it's 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 scary. Like there are a few things, like you mentioned, the Dante uh, um, Echo is one of them. Yeah, uh, with him coming back, I also find like uh, um, Houston support line to be really really solid, especially Crimzo. Yeah, uh, playing really well in his role. Uh, Django and Piggy, maybe the matchup there is a little bit better, but yeah, uh, to me there, I I see what you mean by. Toronto not cracking. There's like a a ceiling, a glass mm-hmm. ceiling where the top tier teams are are right there above that ceiling. Yeah. But I don't think, to me at least, it feels like Houston is not above that ceiling. But Houston is literally the ceiling itself. It's like, yeah, they're they're you can you can get to them, but yeah it's so vague right now and so ambiguous it's really hard to tell i could i could definitely see that um you know i i know in in seasons past i mean i think the 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 chatter was always that atlanta was this gatekeeper team you know atlanta was the team that they always beat the lesser teams and they always lose to the to the upper teams Mm -hmm. um and if if you know again you look at the standings houston is the fifth place team with 11 and 5 below that uh, every team has nine or less. And of course, I'm only talking about the West because yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. separating the two. Um, so it really does seem that, you know, you're you're right. They would be that kind of, uh, that, that ceiling that uh, a lot of teams can't seem to punch through. Um, so I, I do worry about that. If you're asking me to make a pred, I would hope Toronto takes them to five. That's That's what I'll say. I would probably lean that it's going to be more like a 3-1 in favor of Houston. Mm. And that despite you wearing the jersey right now that I can see on uh, our listeners don't know, but we do have uh, uh, Sir Dr. GM wearing the red and black. That's right. And yeah, I can hear the pain in your voice. I I agree. (laughs) I I think, you know, what, what I said about that Boston game, if Toronto comes out like dominant, right, and they three zero, I think that gives them a little bit of an edge, being prepared and warmed up, and, sure. and Houston this being their first game. Yeah, I it's could, it's a I one and that. done, right? There's no like losers bracket here. That's, right. uh, that's the only chance I, I, I I'd give uh, define. I I can't like <laughs> give out two predictions uh, right now. I'll <laughs> say. I'll go with a three-two as well for uh, Houston right now, but but I know it's cheating, but like if it's a three-zero for the Defiant, I think it's a three-two, two to Defiant, and they can actually okay. win this. But right okay. now, yeah, it's 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 tilting uh, more towards the the green mm-hmm, mm-hmm. in my mind. Um, yeah, if I if I had to assign a percentage to it, I wouldn't say it's super convincing, especially like you say, Toronto can take Boston three and zero. They come in hot into the Houston game. Right. I could see it maybe being 60-40 in favor of Houston. So Toronto still stands a chance there. Sure. Um, if if it's not as convincing of a win against Boston, then maybe things shift a little more, you know, 65, maybe 70-30, that kind of thing. So, yeah. 
And from my experience, if there's something we can, uh, you know, safely predict in the Overwatch League, especially in the playoffs, is that we don't know really anything. Absolutely. And, and uh, <laughs> you know, uh, uh, the upsets are, are a plenty. And this is really right. looks like uh, if you, you had to pick one upset, this is this screams upset to me. For sure. For sure. All right, so uh, I think that's all that we have to talk about. We've got the Titans and the Defiant, so let's get to the fray. So I don't think we really touched on this in the last episode because this came out right about where the uh, we recorded the last session. But the MVP candidates were out, mm-hmm. and I'll just go over them quickly. Uh, we have three candidates for from Dallas with Fearless, Hanbin, and Sparkle. Three from Shanghai with Fleta, Lip, and Izayaki. We have Pelican from the Rain, Shu from the Gladiators, Prophet from Seoul, and finally leave from Chengdu. What do you think about this list? Is there any like uh, uh, grave emissions? Is there like a true uh, person that you can point out? And yeah, that's that's the guy who's probably going to win it. So, I mean, in my in my eyes, um, this list is uh, pretty much a large in in large part what what I would have expected to see. Um, one of the, the segments that I do occasionally on One Man Watchpoint is uh, looking at the IBM power rankings with, uh, with Watson, with IBM's Watson. Mm-hmm. And having kept an eye on that throughout the season, the, and I mean, you know, it's no secret, obviously, if you watch the league, it, you, it would be apparent as well. Um, but the, the two main teams you've seen dominate this season are Dallas and Shanghai. And then you've seen Atlanta making a strong case for themselves. And then you've also seen Chengdu making a strong case for themselves. Um, the Seoul and uh, LA picks were maybe a little, took a little bit more of a watchful eye to pick those out. Um, but at the same time, I don't think anyone would have been too surprised to see uh, Prophet and Shu making it on there. Um, yeah, what do you think about them? Uh, I like some of them for sure. I, I don't know if you need to have like really three players from uh, sure. both Dallas and Shanghai. Also, I, I'm not really a big fan of the profit pick. I think like Fitz okay. actually had a little bit of a mm-hmm. maybe it's voter fatigue. We know this from like other uh, uh, ball sports or, or, or you know uh, classic sports that sometimes you get tired of seeing those uh, MVP yeah. candidates. Maybe we're, we're getting used for seeing like. Profit do what he does, or mm-hmm. or, or uh, profit. Yeah, exactly. Exactly, or like Fleta. I think like Lip was actually a little bit more impressive to me. But maybe it's just a matter of expectations. Maybe Lee Jae Gong is one that I would would have liked seeing. Sure. Um, or it's like something I I said before. There's also the other side of it, like space. You always expect him to perform well. Yeah. So maybe it's like he's somewhere there in that region that like you don't put him as an MVP candidate. Uh, but he's obviously up there, right, with the best of them. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Yeah, sure. I, I'd say like um, another mission that I'm pretty shocked that you don't see them as not no fate or void on the list. Yeah. Uh, but other than that, it, it's a solid list. I don't know who's gonna win. I know that there's the voting that like right is now tilted towards leave, but there's also. You know the 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 participation of of the talent in the voting. Yeah. yeah. So so then the question mm-hmm. is who who would you pick or who do you think are the top candidates? Top candidates, uh, definitely fearless. I feel like uh, he's uh, a good choice. Mm-hmm. I feel like uh, he carried a bunch of playoff series. Obviously, Sparkle is the more of the flashier pick, but uh, I think like Fearless is definitely a top three candidate for me. Yep. Pelican. Ugh. Pelican's an interesting one for me 
because yeah. you know just just knowing how these things typically work i think anyone anyone in the know would look at this see pelican on there and think he definitely deserves the nod right but would probably also assume he's going to get rookie of the year and because of that i think people won't pick him for oh yeah um, like the Haxel uh, story exactly. for sure. Exactly. Yeah, I can see that. That's definitely a good point. Glad shoe. Yeah, I like it. I yeah. like it. There's no, there's no bad candidates in here for sure. Yeah. Gaga maybe could have gotten uh, you know, the the pick instead of leave, but it's all good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. I um I know when I was looking at this because I I did vote um, and. I kind of, I mean, I think I did it on my, my last episode of One Man Watchpoint. Um, I basically just looked at the stats for every one of these players. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, there's some bias there just simply because I don't watch many of the Eastern Region games. Um, I'll catch the Encore every now and then, or I'll put oh, them uh, on. In mostly the it's uh, it's the Valiant games in the Encore, but... <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's true, actually. Um, Unfortunately. I don't know if I caught any of those this season, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I wish I had, but... Um, but yeah, you know, I there's some bias there, so I'm I'm a little bit more you know angled towards the North American picks. But at the same time, I just kind of went through and and actually surprised myself with who I settled on. Um, and I mean, I I can say who it was. I actually wound up voting for Sparkle, which was a mm. bit of an interesting one. But I think in my mind, what I kind of settled on was it came down to a lot of the expectations because. Sure. Going into the season, at the, I think it was a week out from the league starting, and Dallas had to announce that um, XE wasn't going to be joining them for the season. Um, I think he had some health issues. And right. because of that, I think a lot of the weight went on to Sparkle's shoulders. Now, obviously, a team is a team, right? Everyone's working together. So, you know, Hanbin and Fearless both definitely earned their spot. And then there's the whole Fearless being the, you know, anime protagonist of the league and everything. <laughs> and in the first couple tournament cycles, I mean, there's no denying they couldn't have done what they did without Fearless and Hanbin. But I just kind of looked at it from a standpoint of Sparkle could, or or going into the season, probably would have been not a super dedicated specialist, but more of a specialist than he was. And he yes. had to flex. Um, you know, he, he's not a, a decay level tracer, but the tracer is the one that everyone talks about because most people thought that his tracer might be okay at best. And I think he really showed that, you know, he could keep up and he could play with the best of them. Oh yeah. Um, so I, I did end up settling on him. Um, but then I've also, you know, read a lot more about it. I've heard a lot of, uh, you know, the actual analysts coverage and I listen to Plat Chat and Tactical Crouch Podcast and a bunch of other podcasts. And and they kind of did convince me to think about it a little differently. Unfortunately, I'd already voted. So um, in my mind, I, I think, like you say, with, with Leave kind of seeming to run away with it, I think he does seem like the right fit because he's probably the one where if you plucked him from the team... Mm-hmm. they would perform significantly right. uh, different than they did. Right. And and it's, I think that's a good way to think about the MVP. Yeah, that's kind of like the issue I had with uh, Pelican. I don't think like if sure. you had taken him out, it, it would be such a blow for the team. But oh, if you take a, a sparkle out of, of uh, the Dallas yeah. Yule, and yeah, I, I can also see your argument here. When coming into this season, when they got both Sparkle and XZ, uh, I was on the side that, you know, I, I did think that XZ is actually the better player with totally. a higher uh, ceiling. And unfortunately, uh, uh, we didn't see that duo mm-hmm. on Dallas. And Dallas did well, obviously, with, uh, you know, that the highest seed. And he really surprised me as well. But yeah, yeah. It's, it's a valid point for sure. And uh, I, I, yeah, we might see the Dallas MVP this uh, season. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Either way, it's um, it, it seems like a good pick. For sure. Okay, so um, we already talked a little bit about the plans and and from you know the perspective of of, of um, the defined versus the uprising game. But before that, we have a couple of uh, well, not a couple, even a bit, a bit more uh, matches to preview. Uh, we see on the same day at twelve p.m. Pacific time, the Paris Eternal, who are the eighth seed, are going to face off the Washington Justice who are the sixth seed, which is kind of surprising to me because it always felt like Justice were just 
well, it's all a matter of expectations, right? We already mm-hmm. touched on that, and we expected a little bit more from them. Mm-hmm. And uh, the winner of this matchup, before we talk a little bit about that, are going to face off another, well, would you say like a fourth seed is underperforming? Sure. When we're talking about the Shock, we can say that. Yeah. So they are going to face uh, the Shock the day after on the 5th. So what do you think about the Eternal Injustice defined? To me, this is, you know, outside of my... Uh, bias towards you know being a fan of the defined i i'd say if i were completely neutral that would be the most interesting matchup in that day yeah um yeah it's yeah. i i struggle to say which would be the most interesting in my mind because i do think you've kind of got two underdog teams right with the paris mm-hmm. and the boston uprising um so, and then the other team in each of those equations with the Washington Justice and Toronto Defiant is a little bit, not an underdog, not a favorite, a little bit more kind of middle of the pack seemingly, even though, you know, again, standings uh, not yeah. counted there kind of thing. But I feel like Paris, again, talking expectations, came into the season, rebuilt roster, um, uh, you know, a lot of heavy lifting done by Avala in their organization. Um, sure. And and I think they've largely overperformed what anyone would have expected. So I do see both of those teams as as underdogs in that sense. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't know which match I would, you know, if I remove my, my bias towards mm-hmm. Toronto. I don't know which game I would be more excited to watch, um, which is a good thing, right? Yeah, I feel a lot of it is just tilted because of uh, Boston's loss to Vancouver. True, true. But um, <laughs> yeah, but but is it fair to say that none of these teams, especially seeing how the Shock finished uh, the season strong and really improving uh, quite a bit as the season progressed, uh, that neither the Justice or the Eternal have a shot against them? I would say that's probably true. Um, it. When it comes to Washington, they probably have more of a chance against the Shock, mm. I'd say. If there's another miracle decay run. Exactly. I, I was. Th- those are, you know, you're stealing the words from my mouth. It's it's on Decay's shoulders. The only reason Decay's not in the MVP conversation is because Washington didn't perform super highly as a, a team overall, if you ask me. Decay has that carry potential. He is, he is a leave where you take him out of the Washington Justice, they probably perform significantly uh lower on the standings um and for a while there in the season you know i think the majority of their losses were matches where decay wasn't playing um so that kind of just adds evidence to that so i mean paris washington i do think washington takes it washington shock i would uh, i would struggle to say washington will be able to win yeah, I feel like it's a 3-1 for the Shock uh, against Washington. I also I agree that Washington that. Uh, is going to beat the Eternal. Mm, yeah. Another 3-1, maybe, like the Cowards pick. <laughs> 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 That's what I feel. So, Yeah, I would... Uh, it's Again, it's so tough because Boston and Paris both had had such some some really stellar games throughout the season and paris especially i mean i i had an episode where i literally i think i i talk about i just became a paris fan because they were doing so well um literally i was talking about them getting myself hyped up and then i had a an epiphany moment where i went am i a paris fan now and uh and and you know i i really enjoyed seeing them play and i thought they could actually go four and oh in the uh in the most recent tournament cycle but uh they obviously didn't they struggled um, and it kind of seems like they, similar to Boston, may have peaked a little too soon. But hey, Hero Pool's gone and everything. I've got my fingers crossed that Paris will put up a good fight um, mm-hmm. against against Washington. Yeah, they always seem to play up to the opposition whenever they face the better teams. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And yeah, it's, it's a team that's hard. You know, it's hard to root against them. So mm-hmm. I, I wish them luck. And uh, that's pretty much it. We're not going to talk about whatever happens after because uh, we'll leave something, you know, <laughs> for the for the next uh, next week's episode once the results are in. And then if we are talking about uh, the results, uh, let me just give you a reminder to uh, you know uh, get into those pickums and then 
set your guesses and then lock it in because uh, it happened to me a couple of times. <laughs> you don't want to lose those uh, points, do you? Yeah, I'm. Uh, I mean, hey, I was. I was basking in the glory of uh, your guys' episodes when you would mention my name and, and I would be top three and things like that. And then, like I say, like, you know, August hit and uh, hit you I, like missed, a ton of bricks. I missed a couple of those pickings. Yeah, I'm literally looking now, zero points on that weekend, two Oof. points in the countdown cup overall. Like, I Ouch. dropped the ball big time. Um, so, unfortunately, I'm, I'm not high ranking anymore. But... Uh, but I, I plan to stay on top of it now. Yeah, I'll, I'll bask your name in glory again. Okay. Oh, if we look at the, the totals for the 2021 season, you're still in the top five at 321 oh, points. Uh, right after you, it's Danimal 1219, 332. So you're still in it. Okay. Kevin Liu is in third, 354. KOG with 357. And yours truly at <laughs> 369 <laughs> points. So, yeah, I, I, I was uh, quite nervous there. KOJ uh, gave me quite of a yeah, bet. run for the money, yeah, but, but we'll, see. we'll see how it goes. So no, up, no real update with the standings. I just wanted to, you know, uh, remind everyone who's, uh, who's at number one. <laughs> mm-hmm. and, and but, yeah. Is there, correct me if I'm wrong. Is there another host of this show? And is he somewhere on the lead? Like, I'm looking. Oh, let, let me so have a look. down. I, I barely remember his name. Um, there is one, two, three, four. All the way down at rank eight with Oof. 298 points is light force. Oof, that yeah, hurts. Not doing well. Not doing well no, at all. No. Too bad. I agree. I agree. Well, we wish him luck, right? We, 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 mean, we mean well, but we don't really have to mention that. Uh, <laughs> Again, <laughs> so uh, one more thing before we move on to you know our, our weekly update about uh, loss of shenanigans. Uh, in the semi-related note, we got an official notice from the Overwatch team. I wasn't expecting that, and and we did see a lot of of of, of uh, um, you know adjustments, especially from the talent crew during uh, the broadcasts, where a certain particular hero's name wasn't really mentioned. Mm-hmm. And our uh, favorite cowboy is getting a new name, apparently. That's right. Yeah. So uh, Jesse McCree, to those who don't who don't know, we already talked a, a little bit about it. Is is he was named after a Blizzard employee who was heavily tied to the you know the scandal that right now is right in the middle of of the lawsuit coming uh, to Blizzard and Activision, and I'm, I'm kind of happy. That they're working on on adjusting the name, I I can totally see it. I, I see the arguments, and I understand like the arguments that like that McCree now is his own character, of course, and and nobody really associates uh, the person with with the hero uh, anymore. But but still, you know, because uh, of the the root of of that individual's uh, name is is so tied to this whole story i can see why they're coming with with the change and i'm happy that like the execution itself is at least going to be planned out they're working on some lore to back it up there might be an event or something not just suddenly you know logging into the client and you see uh john mcbree or something like that in game and that's it yeah what do you think on that uh yeah no i'm i'm definitely with you um it's uh it's a, a welcome change. I'll I'll be honest. I had no idea that uh, you know the character McCree was actually shared the name with yeah uh, with either. an actual employee um, until the talk about changing his name came up. Um, and and it's funny because even reading about the lawsuit and everything, of course, you know I'm I'm reading through some of the named people and everything like that, and the focus was certainly on uh, in large part one other employee in particular, but. I didn't even, you know, I read the name Jesse McCree and I didn't even connect the dots. And it's, it's funny that that happens um, because, you know, in my mind, at least these two things were so separated out, but I, I totally think it's, it's the right move. Um, speaking from a development side, I can only imagine how much work that's going to be. Cause like, you know, you think it's, or, or maybe you think it's just renaming that little card that says the <laughs> player's name, but uh realistically like they are going to have to record voice lines for every character that says his name um 
right you know they're they're gonna have to change sprays i'm sure um even not just the spray itself but the name of a spray if it has that in it um there's there's a lot more to it than i think people necessarily think of initially so by all means it's a huge undertaking good for them for for doing it and for going through with it um like you say i've heard the arguments of you know is is this really going to make an impact and things like that and and to that i mean the the only thing i can really say is like it's as if you know in in traditional sports if you're playing with with someone and and they harass you or or abuse you in some way and you just can you know continue to play and every day you got to show up and see them you know it can ruin the experience yeah, exactly um, so it's it's for those people that uh that you know it can ruin the experience um and yeah absolutely it's it's the right move it is obviously the latest in a series of unfortunate events if you will a series of of terrible things that have been going on at at activision blizzard and you know in the the gaming industry as a whole and obviously not exclusive to the gaming industry either but that's what we're focused on here obviously yeah um so yeah, I, I I applaud the team for for making the decision, for making yeah. the change, and everything, and absolutely, you know, stand by them. So it's yeah, it's it's of course it's more of a symbolic solidarity type of stand mm-hmm. that the team takes, and and let's not like uh, uh, think that you know the Overwatch team is somehow operating in, in a vacuum and unrelated to the entire Overwatch uh, or sorry the Blizzard scandal. But so far, at least from employees that had worked there, it seemed like. It's a little bit different. Hopefully, there's nothing mm-hmm. that comes to tarnish that. Yeah. Uh, uh, but but yeah, I, I agree with your points. Uh, hopefully, it could have come at a time where Overwatch was getting you know more content and more mm-hmm. uh, uh, work could be put into that lore adjustment. Maybe we would have seen like a not just a name change, but something really significant going on with the character himself. Kill him and off. Like a, just uh, yeah, maybe you know like like. Uh, <laughs> Gabriel uh, Reyes, I think the name was oh, yeah. becoming a Reaper entirely. Sure. So something significantly, you don't touch the gameplay, right? That's yeah, what yeah. the game is about. But you significantly <laughs> alter an appearance at least or something like that. But then what do you do with all the, well, you can still keep keep the skins. But I, who I knows? Ne- who knows? I never thought of that, but I, I like that angle. Pull a pull a Reaper on him, make him make him join uh, Blackwatch <laughs> yeah. and go covert ops, change his name and everything. Yeah. I like they that. They can go crazy with it for sure, for yeah. sure. They did say that they pushed it back for a new uh, free-for-all map release. I think that they're talking about Malevento map yes. that's currently on PTR. I, did you get a chance to look at it? I still didn't play it at all. I I mean, I've never touched the the PTR, so I can't oh, say yeah, I've played it. Oh, yeah, console, it's a little bit different, that's right? You for sure. You a console player. Um, okay. But, you know, I mean, I've looked at the pictures. I actually just pulled some up now just to kind of refresh my my mind there um hmm. i believe right now it's free for all only you know a, a deathmatch map which yeah i know uh i know uh, uh chris often talks about uh how he likes some of those arcade modes as well i definitely do do as well um you know in in a lot of ways sometimes they're good for just if you're trying sure. to just get some wins and earn some skins and things like that um I, I find i usually have more luck with that than joining a pickup group um but I'm I'm excited for it. I mean, content is content. Yeah. <laughs> new map is a new sure. map. Um, I love to see what they're doing with designs and styles and things like that. And I think if you if you look at some of the earlier maps to some of the later maps, you definitely see how their des- design philosophy has progressed um, yeah. and and things like that, and how they're making changes to uh, you know suit new characters being in the game and things like that. So. Um, I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to getting into it. I know I, I like the, uh, I think the last one was the Kanazaka map. Um, yeah. Again, another free-for-all only map. But like I say, it's just, it's fun to see them getting a chance to do something, really. Because I'm sure there are probably people that are still dedicated to Overwatch 1. Um, and for the most part, you you know, their life is mm-hmm. tweaking and balance changes. So I'm sure they, they like the opportunity as well to release something new like this. Yeah, and especially considering the drought that we're in with, with yeah. new content in Overwatch and you and me, and I'm sure a lot of players still play this game, but you know yeah. it, it gets dull. But even even for like someone who's more uh, focused on the competitive side, I play mostly comp. But you know the mm-hmm. free for all maps—they're great to warm up before you 
uh, going into a match. So I, I'm I'm excited to give it a play. But yeah. yeah, that's pretty much all we have on on the cowboy who who getting his name changed. Uh, back onto the bigger picture, though the bigger story in here, the Activision um, um, Blizzard lawsuit. There is a big article that makes the rounds now, everywhere, whether it's Twitter or competitive Overwatch uh, uh, subreddit, and um, the, the website is uh, Dexerto. Uh, yeah, and they have their own sources that inform them that following the highly publicized lawsuit from the California Department of Fair Employment and Housing, the DEF. DFEH, Activision Blizzard held a meeting with Overwatch League owners. So we already kind of alluded to the fact. Well, prob- the owners are probably pissed about this entire story, <laughs> right? We we saw all the all the sponsors walking out, and mm-hmm. the league is already hemorrhaging viewers and whatnot. And then this came along. Yeah. So what also was said there that um, we have been told, and I'm quoting the article again, we have been told that the owners are becoming increasingly dissatisfied with leadership decision mm-hmm. decisions. Uh, the costs around running franchise and the lack of a coherent plan for the future of the league that they hope will be bolstered by the release of Overwatch 2. So this latest article in, in the series of articles coming out everywhere covering the turmoil at Activision Blizzard is hinting that at a possible quarter two of 2022 is a possible release window for Overwatch 2. This is something we didn't really have in a while. I think mm-hmm. it... it we had about 100 days or so uh, since the last, uh, you know, update from, from the devs, the dev uh, update video. And this was obviously uh, before this entire uh, crap storm uh, came out <laughs> about the, the, the lawsuit. And, and the, the previous, we also discussed in our previous, like, two episodes ago, I think, about the rumor that Overwatch League might not be returning for a new season Unless mm-hmm. you know the new game is out and getting more, this this rumor is getting really more tangible. I think right now uh, the plan was you know Overwatch League franchises they desperately wanted either the return to normalcy with with uh, back to you know uh, events live events with crowds and we saw another message about that one not not happening because we see mm-hmm. you know the fourth or fifth wave in, in some countries uh, COVID not really. Um, disappearing uh, with the slowdown in vaccinations and whatnot. So we're still going to see the events uh, going in Hawaii in, in the normal uh, um, format that we have grown accustomed to in this uh, in this season, unfortunately. Or, on the other hand, getting Overwatch 2. And, uh, yeah, it seems like Overwatch 2 might actually be uh, released sooner. Now it's a higher priority. Mm-hmm. So much so, really, that according to this report, to this article... The big wigs had to come down to the devs' room and just say, you know, stomp the foot down is, is the terminology that we use, was used to. And they basically told the devs, like, put, put a cork on it. Don't add any more features. Just get it running as it is now. Fix yeah. it. Polish it up and ship it. I am, mm-hmm. I have, like, um, you know, both positive thoughts on this and negatives. <laughs> Obviously, on one hand, sure, it's not like the greatest circumstances for us, but but right now, it's do or die for this game, really, and for the mm-hmm. league. So I do think that if it's out, even like lacking in in the from from what the original vision was for it, right? Uh, unfortunately, like a season pass structure and and, and uh, what we've grown accustomed to in online uh, multiplayer games recently is is unavoidable at this point. So it's mm-hmm. not uncommon for like a developer to pump additional content into a game and i do think that like i I hate myself for saying that i I do think (laughs) that's probably the most viable uh strategy for overwatch to you you can't carry on like this especially with you know the franchise owners and the league just you know basically stopping due to everything that's been going on uh, without overwatch 2 overwatch 2 is really the only thing that can push some you know new blood into this game revive the game yeah 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 i um i definitely i struggle to believe the reports um on the release window you mean yeah on the release window yeah Mm -hmm. sorry i should be clear about that on the release window um because everything we know about blizzard in particular so not activision blizzard as a whole but the blizzard side of them 
is that Blizzard has always, always, always taken their time with their games. They put as much polish as they need or want into them. Um, they come out when they come out. Now, obviously, the flip side of that is we've seen direct evidence to the contrary with something like the recent, uh, I think it was the remaster of uh, Warcraft 3. Um, or it might have been just Warcraft Reforged. Um, yeah. And that unfortunately makes me worry that they will do exactly what you're talking about and they will simply drop everything and ship it kind of thing um i i certainly before this report 2022 never even crossed my mind for this game uh <laughs> i i honestly thought we were looking at 2023 um and i thought they would kind of stick to uh stick to the same release window that they used for overwatch one which i believe was may um I guess at best, if I was talking 2022, I would have thought Q3, uh, maybe go for a November release. At the same time, you do a November release, you're up against the Call of Duties, which is another Activision Blizzard property. Um, you're also up against uh, Battlefield if it's annualized again. You're up against uh, a lot of sports franchises. So I definitely think that... The uh, occasional Assassin's Creed game is going to uh, yeah, probably come Yeah, absolutely. Um, which, now that you mention that, I think next year would be an Assassin's Creed year, because I think they do every other year, if I'm not mistaken. Um, yeah, they, they switched to that a couple of years ago. So, mm -hmm. you know, I, I definitely don't see it coming out Q2. I think that's way too early. Um, if that were the case, I would have to... Well, no, so I guess walking through the reasoning of it, I think they they will definitely do no less than a full-on six-month uh, press and PR cycle for Overwatch 2 because they want to drum up support. They want to uh, drum up the interest. They want to get the exclusive on IGN and GameSpot and all of those sites. Um, and because of that, they'll do they'll definitely do a six-month window where... Uh, where they're really going to all these outlets and they're doing all these features and they're releasing the promotional material and everything like that. Right. And if that's Alpha the case, stage. yeah, if that's the case, they got to start now. Like we need this announcement tomorrow <laughs> if it's releasing, <laughs> you know, at the start yeah. of Q2. Obviously Q2 extends a little bit. So maybe they announce that in January and that's mm -hmm. when the six month window mm -hmm. starts off and then it releases June, July kind of thing. But summer traditionally isn't the window that big games like this launch either. Um, you know, usually the summer is a bit quieter. Uh, you, you typically kind of see towards the beginning of summer with, with the May window, uh, maybe late April. And then you also see fall. It's uh, games are very cyclical in that nature kind of thing. Um, so I definitely struggle to, to see them releasing it that early next year. Um, my, my absolute optimistic pick would be somewhere in the November window of next year. What do you think though about the league? You think that they're not, we're not going to see the league return to a new season before Oof. watch two then either way. That one, that one, I, I really, I don't have a good guess. I, yeah, I, I I would worry that if they were to do that, the league is going to lose too much. Um, you know, it, it's, it's a disaster it, for the players. Yeah, it's they, a multi pass on yeah, like it's a multi million game. dollar uh, league. Not only in <laughs> franchise fees and things like that, but you got to sure. think of player salaries. You got to think of all the uh, uh, casters and analysts and production. Um, you know, on, on the video production side of things, there's so much that goes yeah. into it to set that on a shelf and leave it for yeah. eight months to a year. Why would they all wait? Exactly. I, I just don't think they can do that. Um, even if they don't want to have another season before Overwatch 2, or even if there's some overlap where Overwatch 2 releases and this we're mid-season in, you know, owl season I guess it would be what five. Um, I I I think that they can't go on hiatus like that. I I don't see a business business case for that. Real really. Mm -hmm. So yeah, dire times. That's for, right for the league and that's, for uh, that's right for the entire I, company. I understand. Uh, you know the organizations and everything talking about a lack of of a vision. You know. And 
you know, COVID is a huge asterisk on all of this because nobody could have planned for that. But how different would the world be? You know, let's let's dive into the right. Marvel what if um, of what happens if season three was as intended with, uh, you know, homestands and everything like that, how different would the league look at that point? That would be hundred percent just crazy. So, and the development of the game would be, you know, Absolutely. unhindered as well. For yep. sure. For yep. sure. Yeah. It's, it's unfortunate. We always come coming, are coming back to this point, but it is what it is. I'm sure like, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's just a, you know, a video game for us, but it's a, it's a livelihood for a lot of people. And, and yep. like, well, I'm sure you all, um, you know, know personally people who were impacted uh, from COVID mm-hmm. uh, financially and health-wise. And then there is a pandemic out there, yep. <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. If you are living under a rock, uh, everything is affected. Everything. Absolutely. So on this positive note, <laughs> here we are at the end of the episode, really, Jordan. How did you, uh, did you enjoy it? Absolutely. Um, you know, nothing... Nothing gets me excited like uh, talking Overwatch with with people who are of the same mind. So I absolutely had a blast. Awesome, yeah, and, and I enjoyed uh, working with you as well. I think I think we'll have you for another another week uh, again. What do you think? Will you join us next week as well? I could I could pencil that in. I could probably be here yeah. next week, even if Overwatch Two is not out by next week, right? Absolutely, absolutely. I will set awesome. aside my comp games to to appear on another episode (laughs) awesome so yeah let us our listeners let us know how we did let uh jordan know get in touch with us on twitter at ready set pwn or on discord discord.io slash ready set pwn you can uh, reach out to me at omnistrife to chris who's still busy working you know on fixing our website back to put it back online at lightforce and Jordan here at Sir Dr. GM. So that's D R J M at the end there. You can also find our podcast on all podcast platforms. And of course, you can find Jordan's podcast, One Man Watchpoint, on there as well. So again, leave us reviews. Tell a friend. We'll appreciate the gesture. Uh, and uh, we, I think we'll still have Jordan around our proverbial table for the next episode. And. Uh, after that, who knows, really? Uh, you have some words of wisdom for us, Jordan, before you leave. You know, I, I actually do. Um, I, I had a feeling this might come up, so I, I thought long and hard. And uh, actually, it was yesterday. I was at the grocery store. I was buying some milk, and I'm at the cashier, and I'm paying, and they're bagging my groceries. And the cashier asks me, would you like your milk in a bag? And you know what I said? I said, no, thanks. You can leave it in the jug. <laughs> that's a good one that's a good one yeah in bc it's it's a bit more rare i i have seen the occasional bagged milk but it's more of an east coast thing for sure to those of, of, who don't know or you know listening to us from down under uh, i'm referring to the u.s <laughs> yeah it's it's not just a, a, a canadian thing it's a more of an east coast thing but yeah, bag, bag milk is pretty cool, but you got to have that, you know, the little jug in the fridge anyways, because you can't just like, you know, leave it lying about the fridge if it's open. <laughs> but uh, I'm getting <laughs> way over it. It's too analytical for that bag milk talk. So uh, words of wisdom for me. Uh, do not name fictional characters after real people. Real people can suck really bad sometimes. So yep. be better people. We'll talk to you soon. And I'll leave you with the two words. I hope I don't let uh, Lightforce down on this one. Catchphrase! Thank you.